You may be seated. Well, as always, it's good to be together. Let me pray. Father, as we consider this beautiful flow of thy thought through the words of Scripture, teach us, yes, teach us of the value, the importance, the proper role of our response back to you and to one another in songs, singing, and making melody. Please give me clear articulation that the Word of God might be understood and embraced. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. It has been said by wiser than I that the three forms of language come in a beautiful manner, prose, poetry, and song. Prose embraces the cognitive, intellectual aspect of us. Poetry embraces more the cognitive with beauty, affection, side. But song, it has been suggested, is the very language of God. <laughs> what a thought. C.S. Lewis embraces that in Chronicles of Narnia, the magician's nephew, when the Green Polly, two lead characters, find themselves suddenly in Narnia at the creation of that world. And what they encounter is a song, a song more beautiful than any they've ever heard. And sometimes it's as low as the subterranean depths of the earth, and sometimes high, and then they see the singer, Aslan, the lion, who symbolizes Jesus, the lion of Judah. And the lion is seeing Narnia into existence. Beautiful imagery somewhat paralleled by Job 38, when at the creation, the stars sang forever and the sons of God shouted for joy. 
beautiful. So today we consider this beautiful passage in Colossians 3. I invite you to look at what we are admonished to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, sing psalms and hymns and, sp and spiritual songs. Amen. Look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1 with me. Hebrews 8 1. And we here have reference to Christ, our high priest. But the word used to describe Christ is the Greek word liturgeo, from which we get liturgist or liturgy. Tammy and I, with kids, were many years back attending for a time central prayers in the city. And central prayers always had a liturgist who would lead the worship, followed by the preacher who would preach the word. Incredible that here in Hebrews 8, 1, the book which describes Christ's high priesthood, he is said to be our liturgist. Hmm. We'll look at Colossians 3, 16. The admonishment is to sing, and I'll jump ahead, Sing to one another. You see that? Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. Now I have told you psalms typically have been thought of from earliest centuries as psalms of adoration. Take a look in your bulletin at the call to worship. Psalms 63 beautifully represents a psalm of adoration. Praise or hymns are historically understood as psalms of praise. Look at the top of the page, Psalms 117, pure praise. Another way to embrace this is to understand at praise, take praise. Praise is 
recreational in its focus. Adoration is redemptive in its focus. Huge difference. And so the Psalms which praise him for who he is as creator God, that's praise. And the Psalms that adore him, that is more redemptionally focused. The first scripture Don read from Psalms 42 is a adorational psalm. More, well, I'm sorry, no, the uh, call to worship is an adorational song. Now, songs, that's Psalms 42. As St. Carverson says, these are psalms that deal with the mumps and measles of the soul. <laughs> Bender had mumps and measles of the soul. Another aspect to hymns, let's define that. Turn to Psalms 22, I think it is 38. Psalms 22. Verse 22. That is the memory key. 22, 22. Psalms 22. Look at this passage. And this is the psalm that gives us Christ's view of the cross. Christ's view. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Verse 1. He cries that from the cross. Psalm 22 goes through, they pierced my hand, but now my bones were broken. It goes through the crucifixion, but then comes to the post-resurrection. And that's where 22 is. I will tell of thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise thee. Praise sing praises. In fact, the Hebrew there is halal, halal, from which we get the word hallelujah, praise to Yah. So halal is the same root meaning. What am I getting at? The scripture in Colossians is citing an old overarching understanding framework of the Psalter. 
psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So psalms are those psalms that are adorational, redemptive, and focused. Hymns are the psalms that are creational in focus, praise. In fact, the word is translated praise there. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 for the quotation from Psalms 22. Ah. Hebrews 2 wonderfully says, and we'll come back to this passage, verse 12. Speaking of Christ, I will proclaim thy name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation I will sing thy praise track with me this quotation in Hebrews 2 is from Psalm 22:22. it is Jesus present ministry proclaiming with the priest's word, the Father's name through the preaching. It's bi directional. Jesus proclaims the Father's name through the priest's word to us, but Jesus also stands in our midst shoulder to shoulder with us, singing, singing praise to our Father and His Father. Wow. Is that how you view the singing service? Kids, when we sing, you can't see him, but Jesus is right beside you. See him. You think about that. That makes my singing sound a whole lot better. And it's a joy knowing that as we sing, it's not just us, but it's Christ's voice being lifted up to God. Now, the songs themselves, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, the songs would include all scripture. For instance, Mary's Magnificat. Zachariah's praise, the Christ hymn of Philippians 2, the Ephesians 5.14, Awake, O sleeper, 
and Christ will shine on you. There are passages, particularly from the pen of Paul, that give every indication potentially of being a song Paul wrote for the church and then the Spirit puts it in the canon as inspired text. Beautiful. Now, take two words, psalms and songs. There is a frequency in the Psalter, in the Psalms, of it giving a title, and then it will say, a psalm, period, a song, period, of joining psalm with song. Open your Bible and look at all 150. They are frequently combined. What about hymns? Well, hymns have reference to hymns we sing today. False. They couldn't. To say that is to commit the logical fallacy of anachronism. Take the word gay. Don we now our gay apparel. Gay used to mean one thing. Now it means something else, corrupt. So what they meant in the Christmas song was what we mean today? No, that's anachronism. The reference in Colossians and Ephesians to hymns has reference to Psalms 22, quoted by Hebrews 2, praise, halal. In fact, during Passover, Psalms 113 through 118 are called the halal, H-A-L-A-L, praise to God. Now, I'm not castigating the hymns in the Trinity hymnal. I'm just saying scripture does not reference them. It references the Psalter, the Psalter. One piece of support for that is your confession of faith. What does it say? Our confession of faith says in chapter 21 5, 21 5, that worship is on the Lord's day to be comprised of, quote, singing of psalms, 
with grace in the heart, end quote. Hmm. Singing of songs with grace in the heart. Question, teacher, why didn't the confession of faith say singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Because they understood then what had been understood centuries prior. This is a threefold descript of the psalms, the Psalter. And then our confession of faith, 21.5, then cites Colossians 3, 16, Ephesians 5, 19, and James 5, 13. So, chew on that, because, dear brother, sister, I'm more concerned with what says the Lord on any issue than I am on what my history tells me, much more. Now observe Ephesians. Ephesians is the twin sister book to Colossians. Ephesians is a book on ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church. Colossians is a book on Christology, Christ. Very different flow. In Ephesians, there is a trajectory. Take your Bibles, open Please, Ephesians 1, 12 through 13. Ephesians 1, 12 through 13. Because when we come to Ephesians 5, 19, it suddenly says, Be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But here's the first reference to the Spirit. Ephesians 1, 12-13. In him, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. Go to chapter 2, verse 18. Speaking of Christ, for through Christ we both have both Jew and Greek access in one spirit to the Father. Through the Spirit, we have, who are in, in Christ, access through the Spirit to the Father. 
and then I missed but shortly it will say maybe it's true so in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Huge, huge theme as we understand the doctrine of the church in Ephesians. Now Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then we come to Ephesians 4, 3, where we are admonished to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then 5, 18. 5, 18, Paralyzed Colossians 3, 16. 518, be filled with the Spirit. Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So observe that the two weave the Spirit's work with Scripture dwelling richly within us. I won't go into the full quote of what Ferguson says about these two dynamics. But think with me. Ephesians be filled with rather seems to look at the divine sovereignty side of things, doesn't it? That God's action. Colossians 3, 16, let the word of Christ dwell richly within you, rather looks at the human responsibility side of things. Am I reading my Bible? If I'm not, Colossians 2016 isn't a reality for me, which impacts Ephesians 5, 18. Because to the degree that I am in taking sacred scripture, to the same degree am I being filled with the Spirit. So am I reading my Bible.
Bye, bye, basic. Bye, bye, basic. With the proverbs of the day matching the day of the month for wisdom. With psalms for worship, walk through the psalms. Then walk with Christ in a gospel. You choose which of the four. Far be it from us that we will have Presbyterians gathering here who never open their Bibles. Far be it from us. Now observe something else in both epistles. Go to Colossians, Colossians 3, 16. Observe that both epistles reach the apex of imperatives for the church as a body with this admonishment. Do you understand what I just said? In both Colossians and Ephesians, the imperatives are put in the plural. They are being addressed to the body. We covered that the last two, three weeks. Three, nine, thus says after the two groupings of five vices, stop lying to each other. Stop telling people you're fine when you're not. If you blew up at your wife, you need somebody in this body to come to and ask for prayer. Stop lying to each other. Now those imperatives which are addressed to us as a body reach the apex in the church's worship. They reach the apex in the church's worship, landing especially on our scene, singing psalms and hymns, creational and adorational focus psalms and songs to the Lord and to each other. Oh, wow. <sighs> How can we possibly call it a song service? <laughs> this is ministry 
mentioning from us to the Father and ministering from us to each other. That's what the singing portion of our service is all about. Application. You say, I thought we already had it. <laughs> no, not fully. Theology is intended by God to lead to doxology. Theology leads to outward expression of praise, doxology. Gregory Nazian one of the Cappadocian church fathers said this, this and you've heard this her again. No sooner do I conceive of the one God than I am illumined by the splendor of the three persons. No sooner do I distinguish them than I am carried back to the one. When I think of any one of the three, I think of him as the whole, and my eyes are filled with tears and the greater Part of what I'm thinking escapes me. I cannot grasp the greatness of that one God so as to attribute a greater greatness to the rest. When I contemplate the three Together, I see but one torch and cannot divide or measure out the undivided light. <laughs> Spore once quoted a, an ancient theologian who described the true work of theology is to take the scripture and think it through as far back as you can until you come to the abyss of mystery. How can God become flesh and what do you do there? You fall down and worship, praise. In Hebrews 2 and Psalms 22, Christ proclaims the Father's name to us and sings with us to the Father. The word there in Psalms 22 is halal, 
which means praise, which is translated hymn. And so the disciples sang a hymn, a song of praise. So brothers and sisters, understand the other aspect of Hebrews 2. Jesus says, I will proclaim the Father's name in the midst of the congregation. That is one direction. But I will also sing thy praises in the midst of my brethren. That's the other direction. It's beautiful. So my view of preaching and singing, honestly, since I entered these passages, has broadened significantly. I see the same part of the service in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs as Jesus himself stands beside us worshiping his Father. Huge, huge. And the value for life and death of storing up these blessed psalms within us. Huge. I highly commend the singing of the Psalter to you as foundational in what we do, worshiping Him. Pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for this apex of imperative theology that lands a square in what we as a congregation do through sing, be worshipped, be adored, be praised, and here are mumps and measles as we cry out through, through the Psalms. We love you. Now bless, we pray, all that you are doing from the land purchased to the building being contemplated to our blessed pastor, grace is coming to us, we ask, in the same blessed, redemptive name of Christ, our Savior. Amen.